TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Welcome to The Connection, a weekly radio program where we share our experiences and expertise with stories of caring, courage, and change right here in Connecticut. Listen to learn about needed resources to improve your well-being and transform your life. Now, here are the hosts of The Connection, Lisa DeMattis-Lapore and Ann Baldwin. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of The Connection right here on WTIC News Talk 1080. I am Ann Baldwin, one of your hosts, and I have the honor and the pleasure of having Beth Connor, The Connection's Chief Administrative Officer. Good morning, Ann. With us today. Whoops, <laughs> I didn't finish my sentence. So it's nice to have you here, Beth, as always. Thanks, and uh, Lisa demattis Lapori, you know, when you're the CEO of a major nonprofit like The Connection, sometimes things come up. That's and right. we understand it. And that's why you're always, uh, you know, you're kind of like the, not the guy that, a uh, bench warmer, but you're I'm off the, the bench. Study. I'm the you're understudy. The, you're the under, understudy. And right. you always hope that the star of the show can't make it so you can at least show what you know, right? True. Well, we true. know what you know know yeah. so it's it's great to have you along as well as our yeah. listeners of course we love hearing from all of you i got to share a quick little story before we bring our guest on so you know my volkswagen beetle got totaled and i was really sad and i got a new car and it's bright orange and it's a fiat and i like it um so today i i, tr- I treated it to a car wash so i get out of the car wash and i'm looking behind me and there's like suds still pouring off the top of the car so of course i pull back around to run through and again and they're like no, you can't do that. I go, well, there's still suds all over it. And they go, that's the way your car is made. Really? Oh, I can't even tell you. I, sh- I wish I would have recorded it because it would have been like a reality show. It holds show. suds? It holds suds in its cracks Oh. on the top so that when you go through the blower, the suds come out. I said, well, a real car wash should rinse the suds off so there's no suds to go through the cracks. I mean, we had this whole discussion. Wow. And I did end up going through again. And it was just this whole big thing that you, you can't even make this stuff up. But she got washed and whatever. Who knew? Who knew? It's the little things that throw me over the edge. But anyway, let's change subjects and and bring on our next guest. Do you want to do the pleasure of introductions? I would love to. So Andrea Barton-Reeves is the executive director of HARC here in Connecticut. H-A-R-C. H-A-R-C. And she, I actually have had the privilege of hearing her speak on a couple of occasions, different conferences in the state, and was very impressed by her passion and um, how she advocates for her clients. Um, Andrea's organization has started a a very interesting business. Yeah, uh, I can't wait to talk about that. Yeah, that her clients work in called Sock Stars. And it's really been a model for other nonprofits to follow in terms of social enterprise. So really looking forward to hearing more about that. Absolutely. Well, Andrea, we appreciate you being here. And you know, Beth mentioned... Um, she's seen you in action and you really have, you know, just to give folks a little bit of a sense of, of who you are, um, you really have dedicated your career to, to a mission and that's advocating for improving people's lives. And you're also a very successful civil litigator. Um, you worked for several firms in New York city as well as here in Connecticut. 
and you've really served the underserved, which I really admire. And you're also, I mean, I've got a whole page and a half of accolades here, but we'll cut to the chase. You were also elected president of the Connecticut Bar Foundation. Only, listen to this, Beth, the second woman and the first African-American to serve as president of the foundation in 60 years. Wow. Well, it's about damn time. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Andrea, tell us, um, for our listeners out there, tell us a little bit about HARC, what your organization is all about. So, HARC was founded almost 70 years ago now by families of people with intellectual disability who really believed that there had to be more to their lives than institutionalization or just staying at home and being socially isolated. So it was founded with, say, five families or so, and today we serve more than 2,500 people throughout the lifespan, and we have one of the state's largest early intervention birth-to-three programs. We support people in employment and housing, recreation, uh, as I mentioned, employment supports, uh, all the way through to people who are in their 80s who live in one of our group homes and come here to our building at 900 Asylum Avenue in Hartford for socialization and what we call our life enrichment program. So whatever you experience in your life, every stage of it, we all need support to do that. That's what we do and enhance the lives of people with disabilities every day. We are mostly in the greater Hartford region. Uh, We like to say that we tend to mirror the catchment area of the Hartford Foundation for Public Giving. So that's about 29 to 31 towns. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that uh, has to do with the expansiveness of of our early intervention birth to three program. But we do serve a number of people that live in Hartford and the surrounding suburbs and urban areas as well, as far as New Britain and uh, Glastonbury, Vernon, Manchester. So uh, we have a pretty wide reach. I guess so. So how does an organization like yours, you mentioned the Hartford Foundation for Public Giving, yes. I'm assuming they are one of your supporters, and, and how is it that an organization like yours, you know, can exist? It's so great to hear about socialization, and, and I think as a society, we're used to it now. We're used to seeing people out in the workforce, we're used to seeing people out and about um, that might have intellectual disabilities. And I think it's great. Uh, it's just, you know, based on their capacity and their capabilities, you know, these people are living a full, quote, unquote, air quote, normal life. Right. Right. Uh, I think normal, of course, has context. And we always think about the work that we do as providing the greatest amount of quality and dignity and inclusion in people's lives. So the Hartford Foundation has been a partner with us from the very beginning, almost from the uh, inception of HARC being where we are, uh, maybe more than 20 or 30 years. We also have a camp that we run every summer uh, in concert with Camp Sorry, with Camp Current, Uh where we have children who come from the greater Hartford area who may not have a disability, and they're in a summer day camp experience with children who have disabilities. It's almost impossible to find a summer camp for your child if they have an intellectual disability. So we make sure that that happens, and that is done at no cost to those that actually participate, and that is directly because of the generosity of the Hartford Foundation. Uh, so, and we also run a camp every other Saturday here at Hark. It's a day camp called uh, Camp Bulova, founded by the Watch Company. And that camp is also supported um, by the Bulova Setson Foundation and by the Hartford Foundation. And that allows people to bring their kids here, and uh, they have fun activities, and mom and dad can get out and get to the dentist or the movies, and, and kids can be with other kids just like them and just have a regular day camp experience. That's awesome. And how do folks... 
obtain um, entry to your services or, you know, how do folks learn about them and, and get into some of these services? We do a fair amount of outreach, but most families come to us through the Department of Developmental Services. Mm -hmm. You have to qualify for for services, and there's an assessment that's done. And then uh, once you qualify for services through the state primarily, then you can select an organization to support your loved one, your son, daughter, brother, sister. And we're very fortunate that we have a lot of families that not only select us but remain with us for years, there, we actually uh, just laid to rest a young woman who we had supported since she was 16 years old. Mm. Uh, you know, and, and it was just great to watch her go through high school and have her job and live in her own apartment and and you know get on transportation herself. And sure. uh, so we're just there through the entire lifespan, and that's what we're we've dedicated ourselves to for, like I said, almost the last 70 years. If you're just tuning in, we're speaking with Andrea Barton Reeves, and um, she is the president of HARC, H-A-R-C, um, based out of Hartford on Asylum Street, is where their 900 Asylum is their headquarters. You know, we talk about the benefit that you provide to to these individuals, but I also think about the families um, of these children, young people, even adults with with um, you know learning disabilities and things mm-hmm. like that and this must also be such a blessing for them because this can truly I know from experience can be a full-time job and that's right so we find that we provide the best service when it's completely inclusive of all of the family who are who are involved and engaged with the person that we support so just like all of us, none of us necessarily exist in isolation. We, we have a constellation of people who are around us, who support us, who cheer us on, who you know, give us support in those times in our lives when we're triumphant and the times when things are very difficult. And the people that we support are no different. And we find that by supporting the family as well as the person, everyone in that whole unit gets a much better outcome. I do spend a fair amount of my time, a good amount of my time, not just interacting with the participants that we support. They're really talking to their families when they're having a difficult time. If there's a health crisis in their family, if there's a financial crisis, if someone's graduated from high school or someone's just become a new grandmother, you know, we celebrate all of that Mm -hmm. with the family because that really is the focus of who we are. I always say this, we're family founded and we're family focused and that hasn't changed in all the years that we've existed. It is, for us, it is the right way and really the only way for us to do our work well. And how true is that? You know, at The Connection, too, we have so many uh, family um, intervention groups and groups of folks. We, we like to include the families whenever possible because that's sort of the rock for these individuals. And helping them learn to uh, live with successfully with their loved one is just so important for their growth, stability, and well-being. And families can also be instrumental in helping their loved one live independently in the community, whether they're living in what we call a group home or a community living arrangement, or they're living with one other roommate, or they're living on their own. That often doesn't happen unless there's a, an entire array of family support that gives them the courage and, mm-hmm. and the encouragement uh, and the support that they need to know that they can live as independently as possible. And that's really great. We love to see when that happens, and we, we want to encourage families to be there all the time. Our group homes are open 24 hours. Families can come in at any time, 
uh, and visit, and we always encourage that. We have a very open policy. That's terrific. And you can find out more information as well, and I'll give this website out again. We'll give out the information at the end of the show as well. Um, H-A-R-C-C-T.org. That's hark ct org. Andrea Barton-Reeves um, is the president of Hark. I've got a question for you. The former reporter in me wants to know why a successful litigator would become head of a nonprofit organization. Oh, my goodness. Well, it happened very serendipitously for, uh, and for reasons that I don't even think I always understand. But I would say that uh, my heart has always been in a place where I wanted to serve people. Because it's advocacy, right? Mm-hmm. It's having Absolutely. A, it's having a voice. It's having the, you know, the knowledge behind the battle. Um, I, maybe I watch too much court TV, but, um, you know, I always admire that is you've really got to have an impact and have your facts. And, and as a result, you know, Hark has really become a nationally accredited organization. I mean, a lot of folks are modeling their programs around what Hark and all of your staff members and your organization and your board have accomplished. And we're very proud of that. And that has always been our goal. We always wanted to be a leader in our field and, Part of our strategic mission and vision has been to be leading advocates. It's, it's ingrained in the work that we do. We're very proud of it. And we know how vulnerable the people that we support are and how quickly the supports that we have for them now can go away based on changing funding priorities, mm, changing absolutely. national and, so, and societal priorities. So it's always our vision and always our purpose to make sure that those that we serve remain in the forefront of society and that we never, ever go back to the days when the only solutions were institutionalization and social isolation. And we haven't talked about the socks. Well, I'm getting there because I think this would be a great segue, Andrea. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, I'm really working at another nonprofit. You know, we're always looking to uh, capitalize. You know, what can we do in terms of uh, leveraging um, our state contracts and and bringing in unrestricted revenues. And when I heard you speak at these various conferences, I was just so inspired. Tell us about Sock Stars and how it began, how long it's been uh, going on, and uh, what the program's all about. Sock Stars began as a vision that we held to create a for-profit slash social enterprise venture that can help us create some revenue diversity because we have an enormous dependence on state funding and also create uh, another business where we can employ some of the people that we support. We saw this tremendous opportunity that the Hartford Foundation was offering to train not-for-profit organizations on how to start their own business. So soon as the email was issued, we jumped on it and we, we got some really enthusiastic board members and we went. And it has been a transformational experience for us. We chose socks, really, because we had a sense of the kind of business that we wanted to run. We wanted something that had fairly low overhead. Mm-hmm. We wanted something that would allow our participants to get engaged in it and involved in it almost immediately. We wanted something that, if in fact it was not a successful venture, we could put everything online right, and sell it and, and not really put our... Our, uh, our finances as an organization at risk. And we wanted something that was new and different and fun that we could engage our entire community in. So when we laid those things out as the criteria for the business that we would select, 
we looked at many businesses, but the socks just kept coming up again and again and again. <laughs> and we're talking about S-O-C-K-S, socks. S-O-C-K-S, yeah. <laughs> it, is a, it is a multi-billion dollar Oh, business. I know. They're yeah, hot right now. That's all my That's all my 31-year-old son wanted for Christmas were socks. Yes, yes. You know, I said, you know, I haven't had to worry about getting you socks since you were a little kid. Now you want right. socks again. And they're all <laughs> patterned. Right. Yeah, they're right. all patterned. And um, so how long have you had the socks program and how's it going? It is going enormously well. It is exceeding our expectations in every regard. We've only been in business not even quite a year. We started in March of 2019. And from that time, we had a pop-up shop at, uh, at a large event, and it just went, we couldn't believe how well it went. I think we, we sold uh, probably 500 socks in 90 minutes at that event, and we said, uh, I think we're on to something here. And so since that time, we've had an opportunity to go into a fantastic space in West Hartford Center, uh, and that store has done so well. The community has really embraced us, embraced our mission, uh, and we try to keep the variety fresh and new. So we have lots of returning customers. It could not have unfolded in a better way for us. So what's on the socks? Everything you can think of. Really? Um, Puppies, dollar signs, tacos, dancing bears, guitars, <laughs> everything you can possibly think of from children, little children's socks with unicorns and rainbow sprinkles all the way up um, to socks that you know, to have music, socks for nurses, compression socks, uh, socks with, uh, the, with every political party that you can think of. We have everything. We, we carry over 800 different socks wow, in that 400 that's square foot store. So tell us again, your pop-up shop, or is it really even a pop-up shop? It's it's a brick-and-mortar location on LaSalle Road in West Hartford it Center. That's it fantastic. Is. It is, and, and it's not a pop-up, trust nope. me, because I'm the one that signed the lease. We are there. Wow. <laughs> How do you staff yeah, we're, we're it? committed. How do you staff it, Andrea? Oh, we staff it with volunteers, uh-huh. with some paid staff, and with some of our participants. So okay. it's, a, it's a really nice combination of people who work there. And can people order them online as well? Yes, you can at SockStarsUSA.com. SockStarsUSA.com. And yes. stars is spelled? With a Z. With a Z. Yes. Okay, we've got to get that right. S-O-C-K-S-T-A-R-Z dot. Nope, USA.com. USA.com. Com. Um, yeah. com. And how much of the proceeds from each pair of socks goes back to your organization? So all of our profits go back to supporting people to get better jobs. So after we cover our, our overhead, every dollar goes back to our mission. So again, we're talking with Andrea Barton-Reeves, who's the executive director of HARC. And um, as Andrea mentioned, HARC has so many different programs. It really starts with early intervention uh, from day camps, summer camps, um, supportive employment to adult day services, um, elderly enrichment. You know, really, you talk about that continuum of care, Beth. And we it's talk a life a, continuum. A life continuum. And we talk about that even at the connection is that, Absolutely. you know, the problem doesn't start at one point in life and end at another. Not that this is a problem, but these are the kinds of things that when you have that continuum of care, and, and I've seen it too, is uh, we all... And you agencies, nonprofit agencies especially, 
have to show results. Absolutely. Um, Especially now when there's this competition, and and in my political opinion, in my own editorializing, I see nonprofits in many cases getting cut off at the knees. So you've really got to prove that what you're doing is working, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And there is such a need for these programs Mm -hmm. and for these resources and uh, families who have loved ones that need these services. uh, Where would we be without them? And you know, they're so key and so important to our communities. And uh, kudos to you for running a great organization. Oh, thank you. Well, you know, when you talk to about this, Andrea, too, I remember even when I was young, you know, if someone had a had any kind of a disability, they were kind of just tucked away. Mm-hmm. Um, they yeah. never they never got to ride the school bus. They never got to work, you know, at various positions. They just didn't get to experience the things in life because, frankly, I think, you know, society kind of put them in that position. But now so much has changed and there's been so much mainstreaming. And, oh, yeah. and you think about how much more enjoyable and productive our society is with these people in it. Well, absolutely. And the, the reality is that People with intellectual disability have always been a part of our society. But I think we've always had a very difficult time really trying to understand the wide variety of disability and really how to engage and include people who are different from us in a way that maintains their dignity and ours. And I think the good thing about some of the work that we do is that we we really try to demystify that for people mm-hmm. and have people truly understand you don't have to have a, a special skill or calling or understanding to treat someone else with the same dignity and humanity that you would treat anyone in your own family and we understand that you may not encounter someone with a disability every day but you might not know that because not every disability is visible absolutely so right. you, you have the capacity to be as as inclusive and even more inclusive that you might even imagine. And we love it that our mission is to teach people that and to help them be successful in, in being as supportive as we are. And what a way to help people along their journeys, but uh, with the opportunity to work in this business. You know, we, uh, one, one of our staff, my uh, director of communications, actually visited your store on LaSalle. She oh, had heard yeah. you at one of these uh, seminars, and she said, I'm going to go check it out. And she bought some holiday gifts for folks, and she came back raving about the store and about the people working there and the selection of socks. And she oh, said, oh, that's terrific. Yeah, and she said, you know, I bought a couple pairs, and it, they were great, and they're very affordable. She, she mentioned yeah. $20 for a pair, correct? Oh, they're even less than that. Then you know, she splurged. Oh, okay. She got the high end. <laughs> she must have gotten the knee highs. <laughs> she probably did because the the average price is between eight fifty and twelve fifty, and wow. we buy really high quality that you really can't find in the other 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 discount retail outlets. We were very deliberate about that. We want people to come to the store and really have a true experience. It's not about comparison shopping. We want you to walk out with the store with something unique and know that you've really made a significant impact in someone's life with your purchase. Well, you know what's funny is my son's home this weekend. Um, he's ho- here on business, so um, I'm going to take him over to the to the store and let him pick out his own socks since I didn't get oh, him any for Christmas. But That would be great. And folks out there, again, it's on LaSalle. What is the address on LaSalle in West Hartford? The actual 18 st- LaSalle Road. 18 LaSalle Road. Or you yes. can also go on the website, which is Sock Stars. That's S-O-C-K. A-S-T-A-R-Z-U-S-A dot com. And um, again, it's, it helps to cover the expenses, um, you know, and kudos to you and really to the foundation for saying, hey, you know, any nonprofits out there want to start their own business and who knows where this could go. This is huge. This is great. We're excited. And it, we do think that it has enormous potential. 
Uh, we hope to start more social enterprises. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have some ideas about places and things that we might do. It allows us to have revenue diversity and some independence, but more than that, it really allows us to direct our dollars to continue to en- enhance the quality of the lives of the people that we serve. Right, and and of course, we all need that these days. Uh, That's right. Revenue diversification is all the buzz. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, so, kudos to you for really coming up with a wonderful idea that you know gets people excited and and helps your mission. Hey, revenue yeah. diversification is something I got to think about every day too, as a for-profit. So oh, I know that's the truth. Yeah. You know? None of us, none of us have uh, an exception to that. True. I have an extraordinary team of people and boards of, and my board of directors who have all worked together to make this possible. I was just fortunate enough to be the leader at this place and time. Uh, so that we could all share the vision, but it takes an entire team of people to make this work. And I'm very grateful to them for believing in what we wanted to do and to help to make it successful. Well, so um, folks out there, I also want to tell them that if they go to your website, which again is harc-ct.org, there's also opportunities for volunteerism, community involvement, the various programs that you put on. Um, you know, again, not only are financial gifts always welcome for nonprofits, but so are bodies to help you fulfill your mission as well and to, and to get involved. So um, I invite people to go to your website as well. It's very impressive. It really um, states what you do. And, uh, you know, what I like to say is not good luck, but continued success. Well, we really appreciate it. And again, thanks for the opportunity to share our good work. <laughs> All right. Andrea Barton-Reeves, uh, Executive Director of HARC, thank you so much for being our thank guest you. today on The Connection right here on WTIC News Talk 1080. platform with something for everyone news in order to secure convictions in a court of law it is essential that we conclusively sports clock at four Donchich. the step back three you bet. music you set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts whatever you love hear it right here on tune in go to tune in.com or download the tune in app to start listening